Yeah, well, welcome to week two, week two of our vision series. And uh, just again, warm welcome to everyone who's joining us online from whatever town, city or nation you're joining us from. So uh, we got Ryan hosting this morning. So if you're joining us from somewhere else today, whether it's even local, why don't you just jump on the chat bar and say hello, give us a shout out, and I'm sure Ryan will be flat out answering all of those. But And also, for all of you who've joined us on site, God bless you. Thank you for coming out. These are unusual times, are they not? <laughs> I've, uh, I'm hearing more and more each week, should we just have a COVID party? Let's just deal with it, get it out of the way. <laughs> it's a thing, you know, I mean... I've heard of mums having measles parties and chicken pox parties for their kids at school. Get it out of the way. No, no takers. Okay. Maybe I should get to the message. Maybe I should. A good idea. Okay. All the front rows agreeing. Well, um, normally I would do a bit of a recap on the previous week, but there's so much about last week that excited me that if I did a recap, then I wouldn't get to part two. So... Um, uh, Elliot, if you want to bring up the uh, second slide, please, it'll show you the uh, web address down the bottom there. Um, every week on our website, we put up the previous week's, the previous Sunday's message, and our, and our um, you see the Grow tab at the top. Under that, there's the sermon messages. Our messages go online on our website. They're on iTunes podcasts. Um, so, you know, if you, if, you, if you miss out, then don't miss out. Cool? Cool. And it would be really, really cool if you, if you, if, and, and those of you who are joining us for maybe for the first time online, if you didn't get last week's, jump on because there's a bit of history about Elam, because this whole series called Build, I started last week with there, this week is here, next week is where. Okay, past, present, and future. And you know what, if, uh, if you're visiting with us, or if you haven't been with us for a long time, either on site or online, uh, you are, I just want you to know, you are so welcome here, and I'm, I'm absolutely believing that for every single person this morning, uh, what I'm going to be sharing, there's something in there, there's take-home value for each and every one of you. Um, as a pastor, I'd like you to take home the whole message, but let's, let's, let's grab, you know, when you describe churches, you know, we're all ice cream, we're just different flavors, and I bet you... If, um, if I went around th this room here, we would not be consistent in our favorite ice cream flavor. Anybody here like salted caramel? There's a serious head shake over there as in a no and a grimace. Okay, double chocolate chip. Okay, mint chocolate chip. See? See, I'm shaking my head at that one. Ugh. All right, pardon me? Hokey pokey, classic Kiwi flavor, hokey pokey. All right. Hey, same as last week, guys, out on the resource table, there are copies of my notes. And uh, I've printed off extras like I did last week because there's so much in what I'm going to share that, that is absolutely relevant and pertinent for us as a church. Like, you know, this whole series is about who we are. It's, it's our vision series for the year. So, um, you know, the photocopy is still going. I know because I told it so this morning. Anyone else, anyone else photocopier just test your patience in the office at work? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That photocopier needs to get saved or it has, needs a gallon of oil anointing or something. I don't know. It tested me this morning. So when it comes to vision and direction, you know, the Bible's very, very clear, very, very clear that we should have 
a vision. We should have a direction. Very clear that God got plans for us over and over. It says he knew the day, the days of our lives, even before we we're formed. The scriptures say they're written in a book. The scriptures say that he made us on purpose for a purpose. He literally says, I know the plans I have for you. You know, part of our journey in God is to find out what those plans are. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. There are a lot of confused, wandering, unsure, uncertain, have no idea, living in fear people right now, I mean throughout the ages, but a lot right now. I focus on the when they attend to what he reveals. You know what, if you're, if, if you're confused about, or if you're unsure about your future, let God get right up in your grill. Let him speak to your heart. When he reveals, and we attend to what he reveals, when we, you know what, when we do what he says, what does it say? We are most blessed. Ephesians 4 verse 16, under his direction, when we attend to what he reveals. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Guys, we are in this together. This is a full court press if you're into basketball. It's all hands on deck if you're in the Navy. Front and center if you're in the Air Force. It helps all the other parts grow as the whole so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's why if you didn't get last week, you need to get last week and this week, and you need to be here next week. So I just want a real remo quick reminder, the four foundational verse, verses for this series that I brought last week, I'm going to bring them again, and I'll bring them again next week. Colossians chapter 2, verse 7 says this, Let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. The word that God gave me for this year, for this church, is the word build. And every, con every, every construct, every concept, every part of that word build, physical, mental, spiritual, individual, corporate, let your roots grow down into heat and let your lives be built on Him. Honestly, guys, he's, He wrote the book. He wrote the instruction manual. He wrote the mechanics manual. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. He made us. Let's build on, the, let's build on him. Our faith will grow strong. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing this here, that worship together. Thank you for loving Jesus. Thank you for worshiping. 1 Corinthians 3.9. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. 1 Peter 2 verse 5, present yourselves as building stones for the construction of the sanctuary, vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests offering Christ-approved lives up to God. So, like I said, last week was there, some of our story, some of our history, this week is here, here and now. Let's pray before we go any further. Father God, you're an amazing God. You are an intentional God.
You are a God who plans and prepares. Lord, I believe you've been preparing hearts and minds and the atmosphere for today. And so, Lord, in faith we have come. Lord, in faith I'll deliver. Holy Spirit, have your way. Come and build into our lives so that we can build each other up in you, that we might be perfectly fit together for all that you've called us to do in Jesus' name. So last week, I unpacked the three values that are at the core of our vision statement, mission statement up on the wall, bringing the life, hope, and purpose of Jesus into our world. Those aren't just three fancy words for our vision statement. Those three words are the not negotiable values of this church. I won't unpack those because I did that last week. But today, what I want to take you into is the next step out of those three words, the what that looks like. It's the, what we want to build into the lives of every person who calls Elam Christian Center Blenheim home, call, who calls this place their spiritual home. I'm going to touch on that a little bit further, the, um, the home side of things a little bit further on in my message. So what I want to do now is I want to give you a bunch of we see statements. These we, sta- we, we see statements are the statements that we use to build and to continue to build. These are our, these are our SOPs. Our standard operating practices, or if you're military, standard operating procedures. These are SOPs, okay? So here's the first one. We see a vibrant, connected church that positively impacts with the gospel by the breakthrough power and the outworking of the Holy Spirit in every area of life. We are, One of the things that if you've been part of this church for any length of time, you'll have heard me say numerous times, to get larger, we need to get smaller. There's only so much church that can happen on a Sunday morning, but there is significant connection that can happen throughout the week. And that's why we are passionate about our connect groups. And we only have a limited number right now, but we want to see that grow this year. We want to see people uh, who are prepared to either host a connect group or uh, as inhabit in their home. We want to see people who raise up who will lead a connect group, whether it's in their own home or in someone's place. Um, And it's just so vitally important for the whole body to be fitted together. So we want to see not just vibrant, but connected church. Here's the second one. We see a church that looks for and encourages the life, hope, and purpose of Jesus in every individual that we encounter. You know what? There isn't a single person on the face of the planet that God isn't after. He passionately loves every single person, whether they love him or not. And we want to see in this church a church that looks for and encourages the life, hope, and purpose of Jesus in every individual that they encounter. That means you've got to take it into your world. Here's the next one. We see a church that places absolute importance on and prioritizes prayer and worship. Worshiping God in every area of our lives to the best of our ability. Let me just... Let me just deal with a a, a, a misunderstanding. To worship doesn't mean you have to sing. It is one of the expressions of worship. I talked about this a little while ago when I was dealing with presence. Uh, uh, Sorry, praise praise and presence, two key words. And the Bible says numerous times, shout or make a joyful noise or dance or you know, I, I don't have the gift, but there are those who are gifted in doing what's called a spoken word, just absolutely riveting, almost like poetry. 
Um, there are those who worship God and how they care for other people. There are those who worship God in the way that they paint or compose or the, in their engineering skills and in their inventions. The thing is that it is not just absolutely important, but it's a priority that we worship God in this place to the best of our ability. Here's the next one. We see a church that values having fun in a welcoming environment. If there's one thing that's known about Elam across New Zealand is, and I've been to a number of interchurch type meetings, if there's one thing that stands out about Elam is we love to laugh. And we go out of our way to try and find a reason to laugh. And they, the national leader t- leadership team a number of years ago must have had a good laugh when they asked me to be the pastor here. But we love having fun in a welcoming environment. Here's the next one. We see a church that is relevant for all involved with a focus on raising disciples in that atmosphere of encouragement. I'm going to touch on that relevance a little bit later. And then here's the last of the we see statements. We see a generous church where great value and importance is given to stewardship. One of the things that I've, I've had to grow in my understanding over the years of leading this church is uh, when we've been looking at things like, uh, you know, building our college. Um, or when we're looking at maybe going to a new mission field and everything, as people say, oh, where's your faith? Just step out in faith. But actually, you know what? Faith is empowered by good stewardship. Blindly stepping out without actually the confirmation of God or different other resources is not necessarily faith. Sometimes it is, but other times, you know, there's a fine line between faith and presumption. And if we value stewardship, good stewardship allows greater faith. And so we see a generous church with, where great value and importance is given to stewardship, where everyone in our whānau is contributing of their time, their talents, and their treasure to fulfill God's plan for us as individuals and as a community of faith. Like I said last week, within Elam, we see that every, pla- every person has a place, Every person has a purpose, and in Elam, every person is seen as a minister. And like I said last week, not everyone's a pastor, but everyone's a minister. And this is why the last part of our vision mission statement into our world is so important. Because you, it just represented in this auditorium, and for those who are joining us online, you guys, have, you guys are in a world that, that me as a pastor may never ever get into. I remember uh, talking to someone about this years ago who was very, very deep into the equestrian world. Now, I, I love horses. I can ride a horse. My dad used to own a horse, but that ain't my world. Liesl, that's yours. <laughs> Carry the life, hope, and purpose of Jesus into the equestrian world. There are those who are into aviation. Woohoo! I'm all in that world. You know, education. There's a little bit of me that's got an education bent, but Julian, that's your world. Look, it would be amazing actually to to find out the representation of different worlds or different spheres in this auditorium. And every one of those places, you're a minister. So coming out of those we see statements, we're going to dig a little bit deeper because it's all very well saying we see a church that or is 
But our foundational behaviors are established at an even deeper level than just a visionary we see statement. Our foundational behaviors are set at a cellular level or deeper. They're our DNA. And there are four DNA level behaviors that are at the very core of Elam. And I'm going to quickly go through them now because in March, we're going to do a deep dive on all four of these. But I just want to give like a a bit of a, a promo to March's message series. So here are the four Elam DNA level behaviors that not just here at Elam Christian Center Blenheim, but throughout New Zealand. Here's the first one. As an Elam church, we invite people. Invitation is at the core of Elam today because invitation says it's not about me, it's about you. And invitation says you matter to me. Here are three invitations that changed my life. Someone invited me to accept Jesus into my heart. I found forgiveness and restoration for my soul. Someone invited me to an Elam church. I found the Holy Spirit. I found life, grace, and fun. Here's the third one. Someone invited me to join a youth and young adults group. I found, in actual fact, I was, uh, my notes say I found connection. You know what I found? I found my wife. <laughs> I literally had just been posted back to Woodburn. I rocked up to church. It was my second time because I've, I've been in this church three times with the different postings I had with the military. And um, the second time, just, church had just been finished. And a friend of mine from my previous t- tour of duty at Woodburn said, all the youth and young adults are all having a picnic out at Onomalutu. Do you want to go? And I was like, why not? Let's do it. I had a car. So we all piled in my car, went out to Onomalutu, and I just arrived, and this young lady ran past me with a water pistol, and, <laughs> and she ran past me. And I was like, I think I like you. <laughs> it was a little while down the road before I said, I think I'll marry you, but we needed some confirmation on God. For I got invited to a youth and young adults group. I found connection. I found friends. I found purpose. And I found a place to serve. In Elam, we invite people. Here's the second one. I, I, you know, we find a home in Elam. The second one is this. We welcome his family. Now, imagine this. You've got a loved one. You've got a friend that you've been talking to about Jesus. You've got a family member. You've got a colleague. And you've said, you know, and they've gone like, what is it about you? And you'd say, you'd say to them, you know what? I'd just love you to come to church with me one day. And by some miracle, <laughs> by some miracle, they show up at church on Sunday. What's the one thing you want the people in that church to do? You want them to welcome them. But you know what? We go one level further than that. We don't just welcome them. We welcome them as family. Man, so good to have you home. So good to have you here. Elam is a family. And you know what happens in families? (laughs) Sometimes we argue. Sometimes we disagree. Sometimes we tick each other off. But if there's one thing that we are as family, is we are loyal. We are loyal. And we love each other. And we believe in the best for each other. It's a little bit like the the old Kiwi Aussie thing. We love to rip it out of each other, but if anyone takes them on, you touch them, you touch me. So I want you guys to know that. eh? If I hear that someone's like, no, 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 they mess with you, they mess with me. (laughs) 
And if they mess with me, they mess with my wife. Anyway. <laughs> but we're loyal. We love each other. We believe in each other. We believe in the calling of God on each other. We're family. Whomever and in whatever condition we welcome a person when they arrive on our doorstep is family. Here's the third one. We are relevant. I read of a survey. A church, a church movement was going to plant a church in a new city. And so part of their spying out the land, you know, Joshua... Um, um, and Caleb, they went and spied out the land, and they did a survey through the city, and the survey only had one question, and that question is, why don't you attend a church? The results of that survey were disturbing. 74% said that they indicated that they felt there was no value in attending church. 34% believed that church had no relevance to the way they lived. It's as if the church in that city had become a bystander to the life of that city, adding no value and be, had literally had become irrelevant to the people in that city. But you see, here's the thing. Bystanders have no say and they have no impact and they have no influence on anything. Why? Because that's all they do. They stand by. They just watch. They don't impart. They don't get involved. And that taps into the first level of significance. Last week, I spoke about three levels of significance. The first level of significance that God absolutely branded into my spirit years ago was that God wanted us to be a church that was significant in impacting and imparting into our city. As a church, we cannot afford to become a bystander. Because as soon as we do, we become irrelevant. And I think of some of the things that happen in this place that just light my fires and spin my tires. We've got our Super Kids Holiday Program. We've got our school. And as our school grows, our school's um, generating sports teams, which are now out there in, in the sports arena of Marlborough. You know, we've got a, a counseling service here that has, has helped, literally helped I'd like to say thousands, but I know it'll be hundreds, lots, lots of people over the years. Um, this church has raised up and sent out professionals all over the world into just about every sphere of society, teachers, business, medicine. Honestly, the number of doctors that have come out of this church is crazy. The gospel is the most valuable and the most relevant thing on earth. God is relevant in every age, every stage, every culture, every socioeconomic bracket. The message of God's life, hope, and purpose is eternally relevant. How does it become irrelevant? If we become bystanders. So we invite people, we welcome as family, and we do it in a relevant way. But there's one more level, there's one more DNA behavior in Elam, and that is this, we expect breakthrough. As an Elam church, we expect breakthrough. Our habits are very important because our habits make up and shape our character. Aristotle is famous for this quote, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. Just want to pause there and, and just say, the word is excellence, not perfection. 
Here's where it gets really interesting. One of the things that God repeatedly does is breakthrough. He can't help himself. When people of faith, you know, Celia, you absolutely right, quoted the scriptures this morning when you have, where there's two or more gathered in his name, he is in our midst. When people of faith gather and they believe and they stand on the word of God and they call on the name of God and they pray and lay hands on the sick when they operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I believe God can't help himself. He's going to show up. He is habitually a God of breakthrough. Every miracle is a breakthrough. Every answered prayer is a breakthrough. Every soul saved is a breakthrough. Every act of forgiveness is a breakthrough. And God has invited us to partner with Him in this mission of breakthrough. So as an Elam church, we expect breakthrough. All right. I need to put a bit of application on this. How can we take these we see statements and our Elam DNA and build them into our everyday lives for the purpose of God in this place and in our community, in our world? You know, when we fix our thinking on Jesus Christ, when we think as his disciples, that's a key thing there. Are you letting the word of God, the spirit of God and someone disciple you? When we think as his disciples, we begin to rethink everything that we are and everything we do until we align with God's life, hope, and purpose. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. If you're a believer, you know these verses. Let me read them to you out of the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let your thoughts align with his word. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know what? If you're still unsure about what God wants you to do, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn. That's such a powerful word, eh? Then. Whenever you read the Bible and you read then, go back to the verse or two just before that. You know what, God? And the, honestly, guys, this absolutely caves my head in so many times. The creator of the heavens and the earth literally invites us. In actual fact, the scriptures say, run boldly into his presence. It's just mind-blowing. You made the universe, and you want to hang out. <laughs> it's like, what? But he invites us to look, not just hang out with him, but to look through the lens of his divine mercy. And as we do this, our vision clarifies, and we begin to, we begin to see the expansive and expensive, it cost him his son, but the expansive grace of his love, and that it can infiltrate every single life. You read the scriptures, it said, no matter where I go, high, low, north, south, east, west, deep, wide, I can't escape God's love. I love that about God. It's like, I don't, and you know what? There, 
confession. These times I've tried. <laughs> I've tried. I was like, I don't want to go. God, no, 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 you can't see this. He's probably sitting in the background. Too late. You know what? When we become gripped by his mercy, we begin to understand that God is for everyone. And we have a glorious collision of our faith and our work. Now, from here on in, in this message, I'm going to start laying a foundation for next week's message on where. Instead of wrestling with the dilemma of the sacred versus the secular, what am I talking about here? Job versus God. Job versus ministry. The sacred, our faith in God, the secular, what we do every other day of the week. Instead of wrestling with the dilemma of these, the, you know, we, we treat these two as a dichotomy, two, two different things, faith and work. But guess what? When we have a glorious collision and we have this mind explosion of God's mercy and that He is for everyone, the two gloriously collide and become one. And we realize that our job is our ministry. Acts chapter 17 verse 28 says this, For in Him we live and move and have our being. The Scriptures don't just say at Connect Group or on Sunday. For in Him we live. Is anyone here just dead from Monday to Saturday? Look, honestly, sometimes we feel dead on Saturday. But, you know, I mean, you don't just come to life to come to life on a Sunday so you can come to church. You live seven days a week, 24-7. For in Him we live. And we move. And we have our being. 24-7, 365. And sometimes we, we separate the miraculous from the mundane. And you know what? When we do that, we take our working lives and we divorce our working lives from our faith lives. Our two, two of our foundational verses, Colossians 2.7, let your roots grow down into Him, let your lives be built on Him, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you are taught and you will overflow. When you let your roots go deep into Him and you suddenly have this brain explosion of His divine mercy, His glorious, expansive, inclusive love, how can you not overflow with glory to God and the hope that every person you encounter will have that too? 1 Corinthians 3.9, For we are both God's workers. You are God's field and you are God's building. When I gave you those we see statements, they all said, we see a church. That's you. <laughs> I, I, there are a couple of times in the scriptures, you know, where it says, we see uh, vibrant with life. There are a couple of times in scriptures where the power of God filled a building so much that the very walls shook. But actually, God wants you to shake with life. Taylor Swift would say, shake it off. She's got it wrong. <laughs> the nursery rhyme would say, shake it out. Shake all your sillies out. No, they've got it wrong. God wants you to shake so much that what comes off you makes other people shake. The power of God. Life, hope, purpose. My goodness, if there's anything the world needs right now, it's those three things. If we're to fulfill that mission of bringing the life, hope, and purpose of Jesus into our world, we must see 
our involvement in institutions and industries, in workplaces and wide open spaces. It's a kingdom work. And we build the kingdom and we function out of our DNA behaviors with invitations because our spirit says, you matter. We welcome because our spirit says, we care. We do it with relevance because Jesus is relevant and we expect breakthrough because why Jesus is the answer? Got a couple of minutes. Thank you, Jesus. So where do we start? You can see if you've got an engineering mind, you're seeing I'm breaking down the entire machine and going back to the components. Where do we start? Here's a statement. Here's a statement I want you to take home today And I want it to wreck your life in a really magnificent way. Here it is. Make one decision, not 52. What am I saying about that? Make one decision that God is important. Make one decision that the Bible in your home is important. Make one decision that Jesus is important. Make one decision that being part of his house is important. God actually plants us. There are over a hundred references in the Bible about God planting his people and how they'll flourish and, and where, when they're planted. I mean, like, there's so many, diff- there's so many of them. Like, you'll get, you, you might be in a dry place, but because your roots are so deep, it won't affect you. In 2 Samuel verse 7, uh, sorry, chapter 7, verse 10a, here's a promise from God, and I will provide a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them so that. They can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. If you are constantly disturbed, where's your spiritual home? Make one decision right here, right now. Not each day of the week, not each Saturday night or Sunday morning. Make one decision so that you know what you will do. So that your purpose can flow and you are released from internal negotiations that pull you left and right. Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Make one decision. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, one of our foundational verses. So encourage each other up and build each other up. Sorry, encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. You know what? That verse is useless if you are not part of a church. If you are not part of a faith community. Yes, you're right. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian just as much as living in a garage doesn't make you a car. But actually, if you want to be built up and if you want to help build others up, then you've got to be part of a community. I do not believe God has called us to sit on a mountain somewhere in the Himalayas with cross legs going, um. God has called us for community. He's made us. The very heart of His creating us was because He wanted relationship with us. I need to move on. It's time that we integrate what has been separated. Our vocation and our vision your spiritual journey and your job, your industry and your ministry. Regardless of where you work or what you do, your job is a kingdom assignment. You are not employed, you are assigned. 
What is an assignment? A specific calling to change, to effect change in an environment, bringing the life, hope, and purpose of Jesus into your world. You are on an assignment, like I say to the church last week. I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> As kingdom believers, we're not called to survive the workplace, but to seek its transformation. You can accomplish this by recognizing that God's Spirit is upon you at work. Get this. Listen, here's here's all eyes this way. All eyes this way. Get this this morning, please. God's Spirit is upon you at work as much if not more so than it is here at church. God's Spirit is upon you as much, if not more so, at home than it is here at church. God's Spirit is upon you as much, if not more so, in the supermarket than perhaps it is here at church. The power of God can flow through you as much, if not more, when you talk to a checkout operator than it will here at church. If you want another picture, you know what this place is? This place is Caltex. This place is BP. This place is mobile. This place is the gas station where we can come and we can, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, we can build each other up in our faith. Why? So when we go out there, we leak all over the place. We get out there and we are vibrant with life. And we leak all over the place so that you can come back and you can fill up and you can build each other up in the face. So why? So you can go out there and leak all over the place. Leave squelchy footprints all over your assignment. The realization of what Christ has done for us should produce within you an irresistible compulsion. I am compelled to live for When we talk about one's calling, we're speaking about the vocational kind that answers this question. I have decided to follow Jesus or follow God, but how does he want me to use my gifts and my passions? Not where, but how. I'm I'm telling you my story. There are so many times when I was serving in the military, I was desperate to get out. But every time I came back to God and he'd go, no, not yet. I was like, no. Okay, it's like a six-year-old, oh God, until I realized I was there for a purpose, for a reason, for a season. And when I finally got that through my thick skull, everything changed, literally. Did the people around me change? No, guess who changed the most? (laughs) Me. Because I began to see my colleagues as Jesus did. I began to see where I worked as a place where the atmosphere of God could abide. I have decided to follow God. But how do you want me to use my gifts and my patience? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Would you stand this morning?